Welcome. This is My Truth is a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hello, hello, podcast world. Welcome back to This Is My Truth. I am your host, Jesse Sherleff, and I am thrilled to share this magical conversation that I had with my new friend, Jessica Gershman. So I'll give you a little bit of Jessica's bio in a second, but I just wanted to share that this is one of those conversations that you're going to be thinking about nuggets of what we talked about for a long time. I think for those of us who have identified with perfectionism, who have identified with the need to be able to control, there are so many nuggets that we touch on in our conversation. And I think we talk about like coming home to yourself. We talk about those moments where you're spiraling, how you pull yourself out. We talk about, you know, Jessica's own journey with perfectionism and eating disorders and how it took a moment of recognizing I am good enough to during yoga to to really recognize what it's like to come home to yourself and be present. And we also talk about leaning into uncomfortable conversations and how it is a universal trait. I don't know if that's the right word, but like it's universal for all of us as humans to want to avoid the uncomfortable, right? Like I think about you've got your comfort zone, um, and you want to you want to sort of like live on the edge of like comfort and like uncomfortable and then there's the outer layer of like out of control and so like you want to live in a comfortable space between comfortable and uncomfortable and how you know Jessica shares some some moments where she's had to have lean into those uncomfortable conversations and how she gets out of them and so I just think that this is such a magical conversation and I'm so excited to share it with you. So a little bit about Jessica. Jessica Gershman is the founder of the Zen Mommy and the voice behind the Mom Slow Down podcast, as well as a passionate believer in the power of self-care. Through her work as a certified yoga instructor, an accomplished home chef, and a dedicated mindfulness practitioner, she's created a holistic program that supports women, especially moms, in giving them the tools to create a satisfying life. Jessica has experienced the juggling demands of a career, a successful commercial real estate as a excuse me, as a successful commercial real estate developer with a life-changing role of mom. Through the work of the Zen Mommy, she shares her personal story of overcoming disordered eating, redefining her sense of self as a new mother, and finding ways to feed herself first as a foundation for more joyful and less stressful life. You can follow her on Instagram at the Zen Mommy, where she connects with over 21,000 followers. So go follow Jessica, the Zen Mommy. Her Instagram is amazing. And check out her website at www.thezenmommy.com. I think Jessica exemplifies so much of what we talk about when I talk about finding your voice, 
owning your story and speaking your truth. So let me know what are some of your takeaways. Let Jessica know what some of your takeaways are. Reach out and let me know what resonated most about this. So plug in your AirPods and enjoy this conversation. Jessica, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, Jesse. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. I'd like to start these conversations by asking the question, what is the truth that you would like to share today? Ooh, yeah. Well, it is actually that by slowing down, you can do more. I love that. And I love that it's so counter to what so many of us grew up with. So I'm curious, like, why is that your truth? What has your journey been to get to that point? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm type A. I say I'm a recovering perfectionist, overachiever. I started my career at 19 years old in commercial real estate. And I was like, used a fake ID to get into like work cocktail parties. (laughs) So I was always just doing more running, you know, everything was going on in my head. You know, I think in high school, I wanted to be the first female CEO of fortune 500 company way back then when there wasn't any, you know, so I was always going, always really stuck in my head, I think a lot. And, you know, two steps ahead, planning all of the things, you know, that come with perfectionism. And it's interesting, you know, perfectionists and perfectionism or perfection is this carrot that's not attainable. I mean, you are literally the Looney Tunes character with the stick on your head, with the carrot out in front, running as fast as you can to get something that you will never get. It is, it is not attainable. It's not achievable, no matter what you do. And for me, you know, it came with a lot of suffering. I think I learned the most from my failures and from suffering and wanting a better way. And when my daughter was born and being a mom gives us strength that, you know, we never knew we had and things that I didn't do for myself up until that point for the first 28 years of my life, I had this strength, this willpower to do for her, because I knew that if I wanted her to not suffer what I went through and I'm very open about having eating disorders in my past and, you know, anxiety and and all of the kind of obsessive thought process, you know, I had to model that behavior, which means I had to get real right with myself Mm -hmm. and running at full speed is not obtainable. It's not, you, you can't take that speed, that effort. When we talk about mom burnout, there is an end to that you will burn out, you will be depleted. And I knew there was a better way. And, you know, I had been in conventional therapy and, you know, I had done all the things and read the books and, you know, being the overachiever that I am, you know, trying to fix it, quote unquote, fix it on my own. Um, but I, I found my way into yoga and, you know, I'd been to like a class before, but I was like, that's too slow. Granola yoga is not for me. You know, I need like hit workouts and very vain, you know, things that are going to make me look good on the exterior. And, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher shows up and, you know, I found my way into a yoga class. And for the first time in my life at 29 years old, I felt good enough, you know, and I, I, I felt that the world was okay, that I was okay in the world. And that started my, you know, I guess I'm 40, so you know, 12 year love affair with learning how to slow down. And it is a practice. Meditation is a practice. Yoga is a practice. Mindfulness is a practice. Slowing down is a practice. And it's something that I work on every day. 
First of all, thank you for sharing all that. And there's so much of what you just said that I, I relate to, right? Like I also say that I'm a recovering perfectionist. I love that image, right? Of like Bugs Bunny, like chasing the carrot. Like it brought me back to like Saturday cartoons, but I, I totally get it. And I, I also attribute becoming a mom to that moment of like, oh shit. Like if I want her to deal with her big emotions, like I've got to learn to figure out how to like, like even just have my emotions, like not shove them down. And so I think it's so interesting that, you know, so many of us on our journeys have, while they're all uniquely our own, right. Have those like relatable moments. And I love what you said of like, you stepped into that yoga class and you had that moment of, of being enough. And I'm curious that was so like impactful. Like I got goosebumps when you said that. And I'm, so I'm curious, like when you're in this, this class and you have that moment, like what, what is it, what was that like for you? What did that like really mean for you? It was like a big exhale. Have you ever practiced yoga, Jesse? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's something about the practice and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, it wasn't like I had studied it at that point. You know, I was just, in, but there's something about this internal practice, you know, yoga really encourages you to go inside. And this particular studio that I was in, it was dark. It was loud. You know, I was in a corner by myself. No one could see me. They didn't care what I looked like or what I wore. You know, I was able to close my eyes. And I remember that, that first practice and just be in my body. And for a person who suffered from eating disorders and body dysmorphia and body image issues. I spent so much of my early adulthood outside of my body. I've just, you know, not looking at it, shoving it away, not liking it, criticizing it all of that time. And, and yoga, I've got so many goosebumps and chills. Yoga makes you be in your body, you know, encourages that and encourages you to like explore what's going in and, and feel that and, and, you know, question it. You know, and it was, it was this incredible experience. And for the first time in my life, I was in my body, I was present. And up until that point, I don't think that I really had ever experienced that. I probably lived 99% of my life in my head, in my thoughts and my worries and my projections and my shoulda, coulda, wouldas and all of those, and never really experienced the present moment because that's, that's not in your head. You know, that's, that's in your body. That's in your breath. That's in the reality. And it was my first taste of reality. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I, I, I get it. Like I I've been there. I remember the first time someone asked me like, where in your body are you feeling that? I was like, excuse you. <laughs> like, What, what, what does that mean? And what, like, what do you want me to do with that? And so, you know, I, I, I lived most of my, my life in my head too. And I think that there were lots of reasons for that. But that first time where I was like, oh, you're right. I never thought about it as an exhale, but that's like a very good way to describe it of like, oh, like I'm, I've got this, like I'm safe and I'm okay. And I'm good enough. And I think that that's such, it's hard. It like, it, it like thinking back, I'm like, God, it took me a really long time. I was in my like early thirties at that point. And, but I'm so grateful that I, that I had that moment. Yeah. And you're always finding that moment. 
again. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's actually like when you said it's a practice, right? Like slowing down is a practice. It's a skill set, right? And if it's, it's, if you're not practicing that skill set, it atrophies. And so I'm curious, like what that has looked like for you. So I always say that balance is on this continuum, right? And it's based on how I'm nourishing my body, you know, am I meditating? Am I doing my yoga practice? Am I, am I prioritizing my sleep? Am I doing all the things that I know I need to do to take care of myself, which when you're in the thick of it and you're putting out fires, that's the last thing you want to do. You know, I have this example. My husband and I are in this relationship coaching with this couple out in San Francisco and they start like the husband super like went to an ashram and is very spiritual and ethereal. And she's like a clinical psychologist and, you know, they come together and they give you relationship coaching and, and, and they start everything with meditation. And I'd had a super stressful day and I already walked into this session. I was like, I don't want to be here, Brad. Like, let's, let's cut this at 15 minutes. You know, I was like, just tell them, let's give them the update of what we're doing, you know? And of course, within the first three minutes, you know, he sensed my tension and he's like, okay, let's, let's ground and let's meditate. I was mad. I was mad at my husband. I was just mad at the whole thing because we resist what really we need. And in that moment, even though I was resisting it, I finally started to let go and I started to cry and I'm not a crier. You know, I hold a lot of my emotions in and I started to unravel that stress. And I started to be in the present moment because like you said, Jesse, in the moment that's really real, you are okay. You are safe. You are good enough. You have all that you need. In the moments we create in our head, which in yoga, the suffering is in the mind, we're either worrying about the future, which has not happened. So it's not guaranteed. And we have no control over it. As we've all seen, we have no control of the future, (laughs) or we're stuck in the past worrying about something that's never coming back. There was nothing we can do about. And those are where we live is caught between the past or the future but truly in the present moment, which you can only access by really being in your body and in the breath, that's where you're okay. That's where really everything is okay. It's manageable. It's doable. You may not like it. <laughs> you know, you may be faced with situations that are uncomfortable and difficult. It's not without its challenges. I mean, I, I say I'm the Zen mommy and that's what I've kind of branded myself as, but no, I, I still cuss at my kids and fight with my husband and, you know, struggle with my own worthiness and self-worth. It's, it's a practice. And like you said, it's a reminder every day. You know, I know the things I need to do to take care of me. I got to check the boxes. I, I have to make time for movement. I have to meditate. I have to find stillness. I have to slow down. You know, I have to do these things that I know that I can to take care of myself, to be the best person I am. And And when I'm not showing up being me, I, you know, I know how to get back to center, at least have a toolbox to kind of my slowing down toolbox when I get crazy. Cause you know, life is crazy. And my kids have lice over, you know, we just had COVID. I mean, when you're a parent, all kinds of things, no matter what your plans are as a parent, as an entrepreneur, you know, the world is out there to put a wrench in your plans and you have to be able to pivot and, you know, you're better sometimes. First of all, thank you for being honest and, and saying sort of, you know, it's, these are my words, right? Like there's the ups and downs, there's the flow and, I have been thinking about this a lot because I feel like I, I entered 2022 with like this, like, these are like my goals. And then we got COVID like it, the girls then got a stomach bug. And so it's just like all of these wrenches. Right. And I, I have found myself recently 
being like, like my, my stories that I'm telling myself, right. Or like, oh my gosh, like you fell off the wagon and like, you're not like doing your movement and you're not doing right. Like it's that negative self-talk of like not enough. And I will say that I've in the past, I would stay in that for like months. Like, and now I'm able to catch it a lot sooner and sort of like get myself back up. But I, I think so often in a space, like we don't talk about that sometimes. Like it's like, Hey, like I have fallen off my habits. I'm not making time for me. I'm not showing up as the best version of myself. And Hey, I'm actually really proud of myself for freaking admitting it. So thank you for, for doing that. And I'm curious, like in those moments, how do you bring yourself back? Yeah. You know, awareness is choice, right? And you can't have awareness without mindfulness. So even catching yourself and being like, Ooh, yeah. I'm not really showing up as the best version of myself. I mean, I apologize to my kids a lot. You know, we went through the whole lice debacle and I thought my nine-year-old tore her ACL and, you know, we were off our schedule because it was, you know, holiday break and we were just all together. And I'm just like, man, I got a few days into it. I'm drinking too much wine and, you know, not doing the things I know I need to do. And I, I catch myself and I, and I, and I own it. Like for me to say it out loud takes the shame away. So to go to my children and be like, Hey, you know what guys, I know it's been a really tough few days and mommy hasn't shown up as the best version of herself. And I recognize that. And this is what I'm going to do. Mommy needs to go back and meditate. I'm going to need a little bit of time. I've got to go for a walk or, you know, we're going to, we got to ditch some sugar. We're eating a lot of sugar right now. And I know that that doesn't work with my body, but owning it, owning it to myself, my husband speaking it out loud takes that shame away. And that's what I learned with my eating disorders because being, having an eating disorder is, is you're always recovering. It's kind of like an alcoholic, you know, it's some, you're always working with that negative self real, whatever those words are for you or thought processes or actions or whatever. And for me, when things would kick up, because it would be like, when I feel out of control, it's like, oh, well, I can control food. Well, that's like silly because obviously you're not controlling it. You're completely out of control, but I would speak it out loud. And I would tell my husband, Hey, I'm thinking of binging and purging. And I, I want you to know that I don't need you to do anything about it. I have to say it out loud to reduce the shame and the stigma so that I can own it and move on. Because when we keep things inside and whatever it is, is that negative self-talk, like you're not alone, Jesse, every person listening out there has that in their heads, something about you're not good enough. You're not worthy of love, you know, whatever that narrative is, we're all experiencing it, no matter what it looks on the outside. And I think it starts with that awareness piece. And the more you do it like a practice, you catch it sooner and sooner. And like you said, maybe it took you months before or a month before, and now you're catching it in a few days. Like, check. Awesome. Fireworks are going off. Like that is huge progress. I love that. And I love that, you know, first of all, I, I think that I'm sorry is like one, I think it's overused because it's not used like appropriately. And that this, like, this is sidebar drives me insane. Like in kinder, my oldest is in kindergarten and like, she's like, well, they made me say, I'm sorry. And I was like, well, are you sorry? (laughs) She was like, no. And, but I love that. I I do believe like, if I think about like leadership skills and and leadership practice, like self-leadership, like leadership as a parent, leadership as a woman, right. That ability to own it and speak it is so freaking important. And it's funny because I actually have very similar verbiage that I use with the girls. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not the mommy that I want to be. I'm not. And like, similarly, like, 
here's what I'm going to do. Like, I need to take a break. I'm going to like sit in the room for five minutes by myself or like go to the bathroom. And like, then I come back and, and we can talk about this more. But I, I think that it's so, I was having a conversation last night with, with somebody and like thinking about where, where I am now and where I was, you know, six years ago, I never would have thought that I'd be at this point. And so I'm curious, like, do you, do you think about that too? Do you think about like what your own journey has looked like? Oh man. You know, it's funny. I say yoga is this kind of like super sleuth. Like I remember when I started to get, my dad is like a quintessential narcissist and I love him, but he is. And that's just how that goes. But I got him into starting to do yoga. And I was like, Ooh, like a little madman magician behind the scenes. Cause I was like, Oh, I know that if you do this practice, you will eventually be a nicer person. Like it's just <laughs> the way that it goes. And it's interesting because, you know, we look at ourselves every day. So we don't notice these subtle changes, but when the people around you start to notice, and it's unfortunate it's fortunate or unfortunate, I guess the people closest to me, like my sister, you know, my mom, who still doesn't necessarily see me for the woman I am today at 40 years old, but they would notice they're like, yeah, you know, you were, you're so much nicer now. Apparently I was a super big bitch, but it's okay. I can own it. That definitely came out with, from feelings of inadequacy, you know, and, and self-loathing. And I, I can recognize that, but I am so grateful. I couldn't imagine have being on the same trajectory that I was and then having two daughters and having that responsibility, I certainly wouldn't be married. You know, we've been married for 15 years. I, I, I would be a a single mom. I, I mean, I don't even know struggling, hitting the bottle, like drinking wine all the time, just miserable. I don't know bouncing from relationships to relationships because I had no self worth and I didn't love myself. I remember meeting my husband at 22 and I was like, he was the first person that like showed me respect, I didn't even respect myself. And so seeing myself on that trajectory, that would have been a lot of suffering. And I'm, I'm grateful for the suffering that I did have and the suffering that I continue to experience because in those moments, that's what challenges me and changes me. You know, and I, I've come to places in our relationship where it was like line in the sand moments, you know, for both myself and my husband. I was like, okay, you know, I remember saying to him a few years ago, I'm no longer going to reach back down and lift you up. Like you're going to have to like come up to the table and I have to be okay with whatever you choose. I mean, these are the kind of things that come up in life. And it's interesting when people choose transformation, when people choose enlightenment and growth and, and self-love and compassion and empathy and presence. And that I will forever be grateful for because it's changed me as a person where I can experience true joy and, and happiness. And I don't know that I would have ever even tasted that before. There's just, there's such magic in what you just said. And I think that what I'm hearing, right. Is that when you lean into some of those uncomfortable conversations, right. I, I just actually posted about this the other day of like a, an uncomfortable conversation, like probably one of the hardest conversations I still have had like to date in my life where there was a line in the sand moment with my husband and I was, and I said to him, like, I knew this was going to trigger his biggest fear. I didn't want to have the conversation, but I said to him, like, I want you, but I no longer want this marriage. And I had to be okay with whatever his choice was 
And that was really freaking hard. And so I'm curious, like when you think back to some of those moments where you have leaned into sort of these uncomfortable or harder conversations, like what has that looked like for you? So many chills. It's scary. I knew, I knew in my heart, I remember there were a handful of moments and and telling my best friend, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. I know I'm going to be okay, but, but terrified. I mean, I remember sitting in my therapist's office being like, I'm going to have to leave the person that I'm madly in love with, you know, because it just isn't working. And here's the line. And, you know, if he can't change really honestly and step up and we were dealing with, you know, some substance abuse things and some things that were really like some, some line in the sand moments for us in our relationship. And as terrified as I was and, and devastated and heartbroken and like snotting, crying and all the ugly crying and everything that it goes with for (laughs) a long time, I knew I was going to be okay. I knew my girls were going to be okay. And it was more important to be okay than to ever put them in harm's way or put, you know, ourselves in a position where my morals and values were really just being disrespected. And and life is going to give you a lot of those hard moments. I'm open about, you know, I had my brother come live with us when he got out of prison. He did like a stint for about 10 years. And I just posted something recently about this, where I had this moment and it was, you know, your home is your, is your safe place. And I'm a cancer. I'm born in July. So my home is everything. Mm -hmm. And I, and I brought my brother into our home and it was just chaos and every boundary I set, you know, he crossed, right. I mean, anybody could have seen that coming, but me, and I found myself laying in a bathtub naked with no water. And I posted about this because I was like, I think people can relate to this moment of just being so depleted and so tired and so worn down and, and, and stressed. And, and, and these are pivotal moments in our lives and to feel the feels. Yes. It's uncomfortable. Pushing them down only gives them more strength and weight, you know, and we don't get out of this life thing without suffering. I mean, we all, we don't get out of this life. Like nobody's making it out alive, right? (laughs) We're all going to die eventually, (laughs) but I think what yoga has taught me is to ride the wave of the ups and downs. And I remember this distinct moment. I was in this class with Rolf Gates, who's an incredible yogi. And he wrote a book called Meditations from the Mat. And I had this vision and I saw myself getting off of a ride and being okay and getting on like a new roller coaster ride. And I couldn't see where it was going, but I had this feeling of being okay. And I called my mom on the way home. I said, look, I know my life is about to change. I don't know what's going to happen, but when I call you in six months and I've lost my shit and you know, I'm freaking out, I need you to remind me of this moment that I'm going to be okay. And like from there, you know, I, I quit my job. I opened a studio our nanny left or we had all the, you know, there was all these things that happened like in the next like six, eight months or whatever that I wouldn't have foreseen, but I knew I was going to be okay. I mean, that's life. You just got to get on the new roller coaster ride. What an awesome image and a reminder to yourself like in those moments of you know I often think of like I don't surf but I did grow up on the water and so like I often think about like surfing and like being able to like ride the wave and also understand like when you need to get off the wave and like when you need to bring yourself back on the wave and so like like I love that imagery of like the roller coaster of like I can't see like what is going on the next turn I know it's going to be something, 
game changing and I'm, I'm okay. And I will be okay. And I'm ready for it. Yeah. Even when you don't feel that way, you know, I was like, man, it was just a sense of peace. I was like, I'm in an okay space to just get on that next ride. I mean, because the ride's coming, whether you want to participate in it or not, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you know, when you're resisting against the ride or the wave or the flow state or whatever you want to call it, or the, you know, you feel that because it's really hard and all these doors are shutting in your face and it doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel natural and it's taxing and you know, and you also know the converse and we've all kind of experienced if, if you've been, you know, able to be in the moment of when things are just kind of flowing and doors are opening and, you know, you're like, Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'm doing, I'm doing something I'm meant to be. I mean, the universe has it written out for us, whether you want to believe it or not. True. It is true. Jessica, I could keep talking with you for forever. I so appreciate this conversation. I am curious as you as you think back at some of those, those like pivotal moments and, and maybe like the one that, that comes up for me when you were talking or like of, of leaving your job, opening your studio, like if you bring yourself back to sort of, you know, maybe what you were thinking in those moments, like, and just share, I'd be so curious to like, I think about my own self, right. I, I have to, I live by contradictions. Like I have to make certain mistakes in order to like know what the right path is. And so I'm just curious, like in those moments, like how do you, what are your talking, like what's your talk track to yourself to get yourself through sort of that, like those roller coaster moments? It's interesting. You feel not good enough a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you open a studio and, and no one shows up. You're like, ah, I knew it. I'm a failure, you know? And entrepreneurship is interesting because it, it changes like within the hour, you know, you could feel like on this super high, high and the wall street journal is calling you and, and wants to do an article. And, you know, stuff. you're like, yeah, I'm like riding it. And then all of a sudden it's, you're like low. I think the consistency thing for me is, is knowing that I'm going to be okay. And, and I know that because I can bring myself out of that crazy monkey mind, chitta vritti, it's monkey mind in Sanskrit, and I can get in the present. So it means I can just put the next foot forward. I can do the next thing. We get so often like paralyzed with fear and it's, and it's paralyzing and, and we can overanalyze really easily. And we want to know everything that's going to happen to us and all the bad things that can happen and all the good things that happen. And we do all of that. And we're just paralyzed. We have this inability to kind of function or move forward. And I, I guess I've been blessed with this kind of like, let's just see how it goes mentality. And I have thrived a lot on failure. You know, I started an anti-cellulite yoga pant company a handful of years ago and failed miserably, got my head beat in like, and I'm like, I'm not a fashion designer. What? I had no business getting into the fashion design because I do yoga does not mean I am qualified to design yoga pants, but I learned a lot. I also learned a lot about what I didn't like about it, you know? And I think that that's just as important, but being able to drop out of our stress and our inner critic and our negative self-talk and that real and drop in the present moment allows us to function, allows us to, you know, when we can get out of fight or flight, we can access executive functioning. We can find our rational brain. We know what's, what's real and what's not real. Uh, and we can put the next foot, foot forward. And I think that's just what I can continue to do. What I hope others can continue to do 
I can't do it without breath awareness, meditation, mindfulness, all of those skills, yoga included. But I think that that really helps me just get back in the moment. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. All right. You ready for some quick fire questions? Let's do it. All right. Who taught you to be? Mm. Failure. I love that answer. Finish the question. Connection is? Vital to humanity. I like it. And last one, when did you belong? When I started feeling comfortable in my own skin. Thank you. Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to end this conversation. Jessica, how can people continue to follow you on your journey? Yeah. I'd love for you guys to reach out. I'm on Instagram at the underscore Zen underscore mommy. I've got a free app download the Zen mommy on Apple and Google play. I'm at the Zen and also on the mom slowdown podcast. So, you know, if you guys love what you're hearing here, love Jesse's podcast, and this is our truth and um, listen out and we can find more ways to slow down. I love it. And for anyone who is not yet following you on Instagram, you are definitely a must follow. I love what you post and you really do share some vulnerable stories and insights. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If something in the conversation resonated with you, please, please share it with a friend that you think needs to hear this conversation. Feel free to tag me on social media. Let me know how you're listening, where you're listening, and what resonated. Tag me at This Is My Truth Podcast, or feel free to shoot me a DM. And because we're a new podcast and this shit matters, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review. Tell me how you truly feel. This entire podcast is about vulnerability and authenticity. So let me know how you really feel and give me some feedback. I really appreciate it.